With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is up? Welcome to Thursday, February 25th edition of Roughing the Kicker, a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast on ArrowheadReport.com. I am your host, Tucker Franklin, and joining me today for a special Thursday edition. He was on yesterday. He's on today. Jordan Foote. Jordan, how you doing, my man? Tucker, I'm good, buddy. Thanks for having me on. It's been a while since uh, I've had my extended stay on RTK, so it feels good to be back like that. Yeah, it has been. Uh, when was the last time you did back-to-back episodes? Um, it's been a minute. A while ago. It? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're working on getting more people integrated with the podcast. No offense to Jordan, just to get some new faces and new, <laughs> new, new blood in here like the Chiefs need to do with their defense, in my opinion. Um, but that's for another podcast, I guess, because what Jordan and I were planning on doing for this episode um, is not what we're going to do on today's episode, because we were planning on talking about your mock drafts with uh, the Mock Draft 3.0 coming out yesterday, you guys sending us your mock drafts on Twitter, tagging both at Footnoted and at Tucker D. Franklin and hashtagging it RTK Mock. We've got a ton of those coming in. There's some really good ones that we were even seeing as we started to record. We started to see some good ones mm-hmm. come across our uh, timelines. But Jordan is here because there was a little tweet sent out by a Chiefs offensive lineman that caught our attention. And we're going to spend the whole time talking about the Chiefs offensive line. Yeah, I think that there's nothing I'd rather talk about right now, especially considering that news um, seriously than the Chiefs offensive line. It's kind of a depressing thing to think about at sometimes, but considering the tweet and like, obviously we'll talk more about what it means afterwards, but um, it's still a positive note. I think so too. Um, and in our Slack, or not our Slack, our Discord, owned by the same company, by the way, um, we were talking about the tweet, or I was a little late to it. I was up late, you know, uh, getting all the mock draft stuff put together. So I slept in a little bit today. Um, and then I woke up to a bunch of messages about the tweet. Um, and a lot of people were like, oh, is this saying he's retired? Or maybe the, the hashtags for Mitchell Schwartz um, on his tweet are telling he's coming back. But let's just read you the tweet instead of, you know, just talking about it. Because I'm sure you guys have read it. I'm sure if you're on Twitter that you've seen it. Or on Instagram. I think he posted the same thing on Instagram. Um, it was a picture of him in, in scrubs and a, and a mask and a little hairnet, too. I don't know why they put him in a hairnet. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I guess this is what, ha- what happens when you go into back surgery. He says, injury update. I'm getting surgery today. I was hoping to recover enough to get back for the playoffs slash Super Bowl, but that didn't happen. It's time to address the issue. The recovery process isn't too long, which is nice. Looking forward to a healthy 2021. Hashtag Chiefs. Hashtag Chiefs Kingdom. Jordan, when you saw that tweet, what was your first reaction to the future of Mitchell Schwartz after that? So I went through the roller coaster of emotions as I usually do when I see tweets like that at first I was like okay he's going to be back he's going to be completely healthy the Chiefs are saved then after about a minute of course that was when I retweeted and said great news hoping for a quick and uh, complete recovery under the assumption he was coming back then I think I added something to the end of that tweet and was like well cautiously optimistic and people were bringing up um I know people who've had back surgery. He's an offensive lineman over 30, all that stuff. And that's all valid. Like, it is not a 
foregone conclusion that Mitchell Schwartz is going to come back and even be close to Mitchell Schwartz or let alone be able to play. But the fact that a guy who was so quiet all year and then made kind of a cryptic type, really vague, really post um, out on Instagram about I've been injured. Here's what's going to happen. I'll kind of tell you the next steps here in a little bit. Um, it it's There's no other way to take that other than positively. I mean, it's a good mm-hmm. thing that he's getting surgery. He put hashtag Chiefs Kingdom at the end, looking forward to a healthy 2021. So to me, that does not sound like a guy who plans on retiring. Um, it's a guy who, and I think Josh brought this up on his kind of column um, where he brought up everything that was going on, where if the rehab was going to be really lengthy, he would have had that surgery a few months ago probably, or at least a few weeks ago, if they knew he wasn't going to be healthy for the Super Bowl and just kind of wrote it out because it's a quick recovery, semi-quick. He'll be ready for the season, presumably. They're okay with waiting until the offseason to do that. So that was something that um, I think I didn't think about until I read Josh's piece, and it's something that where it makes a ton of sense. If the Chiefs and him both know that it's only going to take a month or two to get healthy, then the timing for this makes great sense. So I, I'm really happy with it. I think it was something that, that both the team and Mitchell Schwartz thought they could ride out. You know, it was something that they mm-hmm. could just let heal with rest. And then, um, as it sounds like he mentioned in his post, they were hoping he'd be back by the Super Bowl, uh, by the playoffs. Yeah. And he just wasn't healthy enough, so that he's now under the knife getting it fixed, um, which I think is good. His wife added something, too, on her social media saying that they're looking forward to a, a healthy 2021 as well. Um that's a weird phrasing. I think that if you if you're just talking about your life, I don't know if I got back surgery. And I'd say I'm looking forward to a healthy 2021. I would just uh-huh. say I'm looking forward to get getting back and getting ready. Uh, but that's just me. Um, so I think that a healthy 2021 is kind of uh, interesting. And, and we've talked about the injuries to Schwartz and the injuries to Fisher on this podcast extensively, probably. Um, but I think it is worth talking about because a lot of people after that are saying, well, if Schwartz is okay, then do you really have to draft a first-round tackle? Yeah, I think you do. Um, I still think you do because <laughs> because he's a, he's a guy over 30, as you mentioned, Jordan, uh, coming off of back surgery now. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be okay to have another tackle, right? It'd be okay to have some more depth at that offensive line because – we saw what happened to this Chiefs offensive line this year. A couple of their guys got hurt, and they were in shambles. Not even a couple. Almost all of their guys got hurt, and they were in shambles. Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to have depth, and you got to be able to have guys who can play um, at every position. Like Mike Rimmer showed he can play at every position. I think that was very important. And as much as people like to just absolutely dump on Mike Rimmers, I think that he was a very important and a vital part of this team. He was huge. Making it to where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because he played guard, right tackle, and left tackle all this mm-hmm. season. Um I don't think Mike Rimmers gets enough credit. I know there was a petition going around banning Mike Rimmers from the NFL for a little yeah. bit, which is absolutely insane. That must be people who just watch, you know, the box score instead of the game mm-hmm. or just watch the Super Bowl, and that was it. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the Chiefs are going to be in an interesting spot with the offensive line, and that's why Jordan is here. We're talking about the offensive line, and, and they've got a ton of free agents as well, Jordan. Um, when you look at Osimile, Ryder, Wiley, Rimmers, Kilgore, Wisniewski, what is that, seven guys yeah. right there? Um, what do they do at this point in time? You mentioned tackle at 31. I think that that still is on the table. And the thing this oh, yeah. year is it's not just tackle. It's guard. It's potentially center. It's like you could take any of those three 
position groups on the offensive line and be okay with it. And that really increases the chance that the Chiefs do. And I get, like, people want a stud receiver. People want a stud edge rusher, and that's okay. Um, But it's going to have to be what you don't fill in free agency. If you don't fill the receiver void, if you don't fill the edge void, if you don't... Like, I think it will be... They will get an edge in free agency. They might get a receiver in free agency. They might get one offensive lineman in free agency for a one-year deal or bring back someone like Osemele, who is over 30, is coming off a pair of major injuries, I guess, blowing out both of his knees um, on non-contact, which isn't ever good. So the Chiefs have work to do. And, like, it's not a we're going to draft one guy and be fine. It's we're relying on Mitchell Schwartz to come back, who is over 30, coming off a serious back problem. They're relying on Eric Fisher to possibly play at some point in the season when he tore his Achilles. Personally, I'm not expecting him to come back. Um, I'm expecting some sort of cut and then stash him away and then come back in a year, something like that. Um, Remmers is gone. Your swing tackle is gone. Wiley is gone. He was a swing tackle for a moment. Wisniewski is gone. Osemele may not come back. Uh, Austin Ryder and Daniel Kilgore, both of your centers are gone, so... They have their work cut out for him, and I think there's no clear path to becoming the offensive line they want to be. But knowing that Mitchell Schwartz is at least going to attempt to come back definitely does help. I think so as well. And with Wiley, he's a restricted free agent, too, mm-hmm. so they can place a tender on him. I just don't think his market's all that high. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting. The Chiefs value Andrew Wiley, and they've we've seen that the Chiefs value Andrew Wiley probably more than other any NFL teams. Yep. Kind of like the same case with Dan Sorensen. Dan Sorensen probably means a lot more to the Chiefs than Dan Sorensen means to any other team in the NFL, and that's no knock to Dan Sorensen. That's just saying that the, that the Chiefs really like him. And same thing with Andrew Wiley. The Chiefs mm-hmm. really like Andrew Wiley. Um, LDT will be coming back. Um, yep. I think that, that that's – we say that's good, but we don't really know what shape he's in, right? Um, he's out been being a doctor during this whole pandemic, which hats off to him, man. I don't know if we've talked about that enough on this podcast. What he's done has been stand up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he probably deserved, you know, Walter Payton man of the year, if we're being honest. Sure. Um, but I, I think LDT coming back will be big for this line. Not only will it kind of give them a little boost in terms of depth and he'll more than likely start, I think. Um, but with Allegretti, we talked about Allegretti before the podcast, a six round pick from a year ago. Uh, well, I guess now two years ago, um, yeah. but he, he was able to step in and play. Well, you really need depth. Now, if you yeah. look at seven guys leaving, if, if they don't resign any seven of these guys, which I think they will probably resign what uh, Ryder just because of um, his cost and his mesh with Mahomes. Connor and I have talked about that. Jordan, you and I have talked about that as well. But I think that Ryder re-signing probably isn't the worst idea. I mean, that cuts down on one of those key positions. They don't have to re-sign. But then yeah. you start looking at, like, guard, you have, um, you're going to have to retool there at tackle. Hopefully Lucas Niang comes back and he's in some sort of good shape. And hopefully he's been re- working with Duke Miniweather, which we haven't seen anything <laughs> doing that. But I just am holding out hope for that to happen. But maybe he comes back and, and plays well. But then at, at that point when those guys come back, you still need depth. Like, you still need guys that are going to be the twos and threes. Well, and Tucker, here's my thing. Like, I, I completely agree with you on the, the depth. That is going to be important because then if something happens where one or two guys get hurt, you're in the same freaking boat you are in a year ago, and then you're screwed. <laughs> right. So 
my problem is they're just relying on so much if, if, if. Like, if Schwartz yep. comes back and is healthy, if Niang, in essentially his rookie season, can play left tackle, which he never played. He was a right tackle and then I believe a left guard. So if mm-hmm. Niang can step in at tackle... If the doctor who was coming off an injury in 2019 wasn't even that good, he had a much better year the year prior before he got hurt. If he can return to form, if Austin Ryder comes back, if Osimile comes back, if yep. maybe someone like Wisniewski comes back, if Kilgore comes, if they can do all this stuff, then they might have a good offensive line. Like the if then with the Chiefs this year um, on the offensive line is insane. Like every other position seems to be. If this happens, they'll be fine. They can figure it out. There's no, if this happens, they'll figure it out with this offensive line. There are seven, if this happens, they'll figure it out types of situations. Like, it's not like they're completely doomed, um, but you can't field a unit for 16 games that you fielded in the Super Bowl. You just cannot do it. And I think that obviously getting Niang back and the doctor back, LDT, um, if they can even be solid, that is a huge upgrade over what they were working with. And if Schwartz can come back and be solid, um, I think if Mitchell Schwartz comes back, as long as he's out on that field, he's going to be good. I think that if he's healthy, he's going to be good. The problem is, is he going to get hurt? And then Eric Fisher, do you sign him for a veteran uh, minimum and then rework his contract and then bring him back next year and then maybe play him? I don't know why people think that bringing him along and then playing him in the playoffs or like the last regular season game is a great idea. Like I understand that train of thought, but for a big guy who's over 30 to be rehabbing all year and then make his season debut in a playoff game or in week 17, I just don't love that idea. So really I'm going to operate under the assumption Eric Fisher doesn't play at all in the 2021 season. And I am cautiously optimistic about the rest of it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we shouldn't act like the Chiefs' offensive line when they were healthy was a top-tier offensive line. Yes. <laughs> um, I think that sometimes we get caught operating under that sense of, okay, well, there'll be a really good offensive line um, if all these guys are back and healthy. The Chiefs need to add some talent. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to revitalize it with some talent um, on the offensive line because last year they, they relied on journeymen, um, you know, with Calicio Simile, yep. Mike Rimmers, Dan Kilgore. 
Um, all is, and there's no, nothing wrong against those guys. Those guys came in, they did their job when they were supposed to. But I think it's time for the Chiefs to get younger at this position, number one, and get more talented at this position, number two. Because you got a quarterback in the backfield that's going to be needed protecting for at least probably 15 more years. So you're going to need some young guys up there, up front, protecting them. And I think that that's kind of a big issue with me. Is uh, and we, You and I were talking about this prior to the podcast, too. Is We talked about, okay, you know, if we can get all these pieces in, then this line will be the way that we want it to be but then we think okay is it really the way we want it to be because like the talent's not there (laughs) and hear me out i'm gonna lean into the microphone here part of the reason the chiefs rookie running back wasn't spectacular is because the left side of the offensive line couldn't block to save its life like yep he can only do so much and if the run blocking near the goal line like granted clyde is a very small guy but if you can't generate any momentum up front and give him somewhere to run, he can only do so much. Like, he's not Jamal Charles. He is a good player who I think will become a very good player. He's not going to make up for a bad offensive line. And even if they're all healthy, it's going to be an improvement, I think. But it's not like they are world beaters on the offensive line. And really, with Patrick Mahomes, I think he can make up for that sometimes. Now, there have been games where he makes their lives harder when he takes those deep drops and there have been games where he can get away from just about any pass pressure getting to him um, with the free lane. So man, it's going to be interesting. And obviously there's still a lot of time left before we get to the draft and free agency. But right now today, I do feel better about the future of the offensive line at least. Yeah, with Mitchell Schwartz's announcement, I think that does ease some worries a little bit. Instead of thinking, okay, now we have to fill two tackles, we just have to try to fill one tackle. Uh, And I think I could talk about the offensive line for an hour and a half. But (laughs) it's really tough, too, because you mentioned Clyde's performance is greatly tied to the performance of the offensive line. Yes. I don't think a lot of people think about that sometimes, and and that's why we are so hesitant when it comes to running backs in the first round, right? Um, Because their value is so tied to other players, much unlike other positions on the team. Now, I know you can say wide receivers have to have a good quarterback, right? Um, Which is fair. But, I mean, Justin Jefferson had a great year with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback, so... And it's unless you're a Christian McCaffrey or something like that. Like, even Zeke, who had the best offensive line in football. Now you see him kind of coming back down to earth. Like there are less than a handful of guys who can overcome that. And clearly the Chiefs last year didn't have any plans to, or at least didn't get to utilize Clyde in the passing game as much as they wanted to or should have. So that value is not there yet. I mean, there's potential value with him. Um, But like you said, it is definitely tied to that O-line until really proven otherwise. And we do talk about the uh, the pass-blocking aspect of the offensive line a lot, and I don't think we do give a lot of love to the run-blocking aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Austin Ryder's not very great in the run game. They were really shaky on the left side, especially after Fisher went out. Fisher's a decent run blocker. Assimilates a decent run blocker, too. Probably better than decent. I probably should yeah. give them more credit. But that left side of the line in those first games when Assimilate and, and Fisher were both in were good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... It's it's just tough to replicate all the juice that you know Simile brought, and they need a guy who's nasty. They need a guy who's gonna bring some juice, um, and I and I hope they can kind of find that guy in the draft at least who can be either a death piece or start right away. Yeah, and I saw a video of Landon Dickerson from Alabama, and listen, dude, like I like Austin Ryder. I think that his pass blocking is great. He has a good rapport with Mahomes, but if Landon Dickerson is healthy. 
Hell, even if he isn't healthy, at 31, if the medicals somewhat clear out, um, I say take him. Like, I love Landon Dickerson. I think that he's so good that there will be no Bryce Hall slide where he's going to fall beyond the second round. I really don't think he's going to be there at the end of round two. Now, if he is, then that's literally a situation where you're sprinting to the podium, tripping over people on your way to submit that card. But, I mean, there's a lot of guys. There's Leatherwood, there's Eichenberg, there's Landon Dickerson, there's Brown. There's, I mean, all over the place on the offensive line. Mayfield at right tackle if you wanted to. Um, where the Chiefs will have options. So Brady Christensen a few rounds later. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a ton. It's a good year to need the positions that the Chiefs need. Um, so luckily they can capitalize on that. But also, the free agent market, they've kind of been, like you said earlier in the pod, those journeyman type guys that they get either yeah. during the season like it was Newski or in the offseason like Osemele. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do there. And I think that is kind of a X factor wild card here. Um, I think that if he's healthy, he obviously looks like he wants to return. Now, you can only put so much stock in social media posts, but the dude seems like he likes being a chief. Um, So if he's healthy enough to come back, he was a great run blocker. He's a mauler. He brings that element where that mean streak, the Chiefs offensive linemen aren't really known for having. That'd be cool, but I think it's just the element of the unknown and the possibilities they have. They have options. They have the cap space if they need it to do those types of things, but it's just a matter of going out and kind of making it happen. You made a really good point about Landon Dickerson, too, and he's not the first offensive lineman to have a torn ACL and come back and play, right? Yeah. Um, it's not like he's over 30 and is suffering a torn ACL mm-hmm. or a torn Achilles or having a back issue. Um, he's is he, is he 22? I think uh, he's 21, 22. Yeah. yeah, somewhere around there doing split squats on his bad knee um, <laughs> and making it look easy. So I, I'm with you on Landon Dickerson. I've always been a big Landon Dickerson yeah. fan, but I know some people are really scared of his medicals, and I don't really understand why. Because uh, torn ACLs aren't as big of a bugaboo, I don't think, anymore. Uh, you see more and more players come back from torn ACLs and, and be fine. I mean, one Thornhill towards the end of the year really started mm-hmm. to regain his confidence, and and maybe that helps you know Chiefs fans get over that. And, and those injuries are, are very common now, it seems like, uh, that they just happen all the time. But I think that Landon Dickerson would be a fine pick. I mean, there's a lot of interior guys even later in the draft that, you know, David Moore, Quinn Miners, uh, Robert Jones, that they could pick mm-hmm. up and, and really have depth pieces in the interior um, if they do choose to re-sign, which I don't think that that's necessarily a bad idea to look at the interior later rounds in the draft. I know Jordan, you and I talked about that during the mock draft mm-hmm. is looking at the interior offensive line, but it just all depends on how that board falls. Um, and I think that, you have to think that retooling the offensive line is going to be towards the top of the Chiefs' priority list uh, this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. Because also, something that I thought of at the beginning of the pod that I'm glad you brought that up, it's not like Eric Fisher has five years left on his deal. It's not like Mitchell Schwartz has four years left on his deal. It's not like Nick Allegretti has four years left on his deal. It's not like Austin Ryder would sign a five-year contract. It's not like Lucas Niang has already used up one. Um, I'm not sure how that stuff works if he didn't play but I would I think that counts as an accrued year of his contract I don't think sitting out with COVID now that that's why we need Connor on this podcast because he would know the answer <laughs> so perhaps he has the full four but I'm not sure um needless to say these guys don't have infinite time to be on the Chiefs and if they keep putting it off by year and by year um they're going to have to 
make stuff shake. So it's not like they have a bunch of guys who are on long-term deals who they can afford to kind of put off retooling because that's something Veach has kind of done already. Um, he's invested. Obviously, Brett Veach couldn't tell that he was going to have his team suffer this many yeah. injuries this year, so I had someone who replied to me on Twitter about that. It's not like Veach wasn't exercising some foresight, but I think investing in that line via the draft is definitely kind of towards the top, like you said. So um, I just looked up the whole COVID pay thing. Uh, players considered voluntary opt-outs will receive $150,000 $150, stipend and will not earn a season credit. Um, and I believe cool. the players who were deemed a high-risk case, um, which I don't know if LDD would be considered high-risk or not, um, or if uh, Lucas Niang was. I can't remember... Um, I think they did deem him uh, or deem LDT a, a high risk just because of his work. Yeah. Um, I don't think Damian Wilson was because he, he took off to take care of his mom. And I can't remember the situation uh, surrounding Lucas Niang. Um, I think it was one of the same things where he took off because of family. Yeah. So I don't think that he has a season credit, okay. which is good for the Chiefs. Um, if they do get the four, full four, that's a tough one to try to say fast, um, <laughs> on his contract. Um, having your third round pick opt out is never great, but who, who would have guessed it, right? I yeah. mean, we, this is a, it's been a crazy year and hopefully things are starting to get back to, I say normal and air and air quotes just because what's really going to be normal again. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of how we're living right now is normal, uh, at least to me anyway, but, we're going to get to the point where it feels like you probably like the 2018 off season again. I'd like to go to a spot where we can, you know, meet people in real life and yes. maybe with masks <laughs> in front of our face, but, but to meet people would be awesome. So Jordan, I appreciate you joining me on this podcast and expressing your love for the offensive line. Like I do. Yeah, absolutely. Big boys need love too. We preach that mm-hmm. all the time. Maybe we need to make a shirt that says big boys need love too. Maybe that could be full of ideas. Shrewd. Uh, but um, maybe that'll be something that pops up in the RTK shop. Uh, you'll have to make sure you just have to check it, check it out. So uh, keep sending us your mock drafts. Jordan and Connor and I will be back tomorrow. That we're going to be talking about the mock drafts. So we just moved it back a day. We're going to do a three-man pod talking about the mock drafts that you guys sent us. Talk about our favorite ones and and who we like, and maybe give us another opportunity to talk about some guys that we haven't really talked about um, on the podcast because there's a ton of guys out there that we can talk about. Jordan, you got any final thoughts? No, I was going to say the big boys need love too, but we already got that covered, so I think I'm good to go, man. Thanks for having me on, as always. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Jordan, to have you on the podcast. Make sure you go follow Jordan on Twitter, at Footnoted. He's cranking out all of his 100 and 100 series, his scouting reports, coming up. I think it's day 36 when we're talking, 34. It's all a blur. Yeah, it's all a blur. So we're we're thick in it. We are thick in the middle of the 100 and 100. Uh, nearing the 50-day mark, uh, Jordan has really been putting a lot of time, a lot of effort into those. So make sure you go check them out. Make sure you go read them. It's always good stuff. I always like reading about the different prospects that you know I haven't heard of before. So I read what Jordan says. And I say, okay, um, i got to see if he's really telling the truth or not. And then I go watch <laughs> it myself. <laughs> but it's make sure to follow Jordan at Footnoted on Twitter to see all those uh, as they happen. Like I said, tomorrow we'll be back. Uh, Jordan and I will be with Connor. We're going to talk about the mock drafts. So until then, I'll talk to you tomorrow.
The Roughing the Kicker Chiefs podcast is a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast brought to you by Almost Entirely LLC in association with ArrowheadReport.com. Roughing the Kicker is hosted and produced by Tucker Franklin, executive produced by Joshua Briscoe, and is available on ArrowheadReport.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For more Chiefs coverage, visit ArrowheadReport.com and follow at SI Chiefs, at Tucker D. Franklin, and at JB Briscoe on Twitter. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.